You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. Our guest today is Scott Hamilton. He's president and CEO of his organization, which is known as Executive Next Practices Institute and NextWorks. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. Of course, all of our shows can be heard live and exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our commercial advertisers, Brandman University, Center Club, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you are listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms to improve your decision-making skills. As many of you loyal listeners may know, and remember, Scott has been on our show before. We brought him back because there's exciting things going on with his firm, Executive Next Practices Institute. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Rick. Great to be back. Great to see you again. Well, let's start, for those that maybe didn't listen to the original show or haven't heard uh, your background, can you just share a little bit about kind of your professional path to this point in your career, Scott? Yeah, it was quite a path, Rick. Uh, You know, I was in the corporate world for 25 years, 12-plus, working with companies like Allied Signal, Mm -hmm. Nestle, DirecTV, Bergen Brunswick, and held executive roles in those organizations, uh, going transitioning from marketing to administration to strategic planning with those kind of organizations. So then that led me to this uh, passion around bringing people together to explore next practices. So let okay, perfect segue. So let's talk about your institute. Um, give us a history lesson. What was the inspiration? And how has it evolved over time? You know, it's real interesting. Uh, out of my day job, which is NextWorks, uh, which was formerly called Align, in Align we used to do, and still do, strategic planning and refinement for organizations. So some of our clients came to us, the CEOs, the CFOs, CMOs, and approached us and said, look, Scott, we see a vacuum in the marketplace. We don't have a place we can go to really explore emerging trends and really get into transformative uh, strategies and technologies. And these aren't only technologies, though, right? The exact the trends and the emerging, the next practices that you feature in your in your events, th- they're across the board, right? They're really across the board. It's a 360 of organizational and personal uh, impacts. Right, because I remember one of them that you held, I want to say it was last year, was on neuroleadership at Oakley. What an amazing concept and a fascinating – I had not – even been aware of that concept before your event, and I've, I've spent some time learning more about it because it's so rich and rewarding, and, and thank you for that exposure. Yep, glad to. And that's what we look for. We look for that kind of first look experience for our executive audience. Because you remember, these are C-level of people. They're busy. They don't have a lot of time, right. but they want to see something that it's their first time looking at it or very near to their first time looking at it so they can look at the implications for their organization. So, so tell me how you do that because, as you said, you've got a day job, right? Next yeah. works. You're yeah. busy consulting and coaching and helping clients with their strategic plans. So how do you find time? 
to really vet what's going on and find the right kind of next practices that the Institute can feature. You know, I'm real fortunate, Rick, in that we have literally dozens, if not hundreds, of people that help with this organization, Mm. that share this passion for looking at what's coming next. So I have a core team of practice leaders that help find these great speakers and content. And then we have a lot of volunteers that help put these events together. So quite often the case is the content finds us rather than us trying to chase it down. It's nice when that starts to happen, yeah, isn't it? It is. When you build your brand enough <laughs> exactly. that people gain awareness. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, it takes time, though, doesn't it, yeah. as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Well, okay. this is the seventh year for us. Wow. So, yeah. so, so tell me about the Institute uh, as far as uh, reach. I know that you continue to expand. You mentioned before you're going to be in, in L.A., and I know you go to other places. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about the footprint that you've built over those seven years. You know, we've been real fortunate to get tremendous uh, growth over the past seven years. Uh, so we start small, let it grow at its own pace, and... And now we are national and soon to be international. Really? So we'll be looking at events in October at the National Press Club in Washington, and then we go up to New York the week after that. Uh, And then, of course, we'll have a concentration of events in Southern Cal. Yeah, I'm a member of the National Press Club, and when I was on vacation in D.C. uh, last month or at the end of uh, July, we had lunch there one day. It's a great place to go with a lot of history, and if you haven't been to the National Press Club, it's worth uh, an, an afternoon or an evening. Is your event evening or afternoon? It's actually uh, both. It's going to be a morning event. Morning. Uh, and then we'll have an afternoon collaboration session, and then we'll host a uh, cocktail reception that evening. And you're so right. It's a great ambience in that National Press Club. A lot of history. Right. Great photographs there of all the presidents and other uh, dignitaries right. coming. Through. You can just imagine what has happened in that room or in those rooms over the years, right? Yeah, When absolutely. power brokers. It and, still does. Yeah. And still do. Yeah. Right. Still does. Yeah. So how does someone find out or join Executive Next Practices Institute. What's the model there? Can you share that with our audience? Yeah, now we've made this very, very easy for the marketplace. Our target audience, our target member, is a member of an executive team or a business owner. And traditionally, they've been businesses with revenues of north of $10 million in, in sales. Mm-hmm. In other words, they've gotten some traction, and they're on their way. Okay. And our content reflects that. So we're dealing with issues that someone that's going through the plateaus of 10 million to 20 million, 20 million to 50 million, 50 million to 100 million, those kind of critical steps. We're easy to find. We're on the web at enpinstitute.com or just Google the term executive next practices and you'll get pages and pages of right. all about us. So I have a t- I attend when I can your breakfast meetings here in Southern California yeah. and specifically in Orange County. So is that indicative of the type of experience that other executive next practice institutes members would find around the country now? Is that, that the model? That's the model. And okay. here's why. Uh, you'll see, as you've experienced, the meetings are tightly choreographed, about two hours in length, because right. that's about the length the CEO wants to sit there. Right. That's it. And also you've noticed that they're choreographed around the audience uh, is participating almost all the time. Right. It's not a talking head event at all. Right. It's very interactive. Plus, there's actually work groups that you break into, right? Absolutely. Which I think is a is a great way to embed the learning by through experience yeah absolutely but also we're tapping the collective intelligence of the room okay so it's not just the speaker imparting some knowledge but it's in the the room giving us their insight and their reaction to the material well i think it's really a great idea to have collaboration a part of next practices because you're you're getting exposed to something many times you haven't like in the case of neural leadership i had never heard before so the chance to kind of work through it with another group of people a small group of people 
actually helps to kind of embed it and make it more relevant than if it was just a front-of-the-room speaker, regardless of how great they were. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, one of the things we don't do, we don't have celebrity speakers that come up. Uh, we actually have people that are traditionally in the seat running businesses. For example, next week at uh, September 19th at our healthcare summit, Oakley will come back in with some very, very innovative things they're doing with an on-site healthcare clinic. Vision Solutions, a local uh, 600-person company here in Irvine, will come in with some very, very unique things they're doing in healthcare. So again, it's real-life examples that we're bringing to the table. You know, I go back a little bit further. I think maybe the first exposure that I had to your brand and to your event, and and we're talking with Scott Hamilton, by the way, was when you had a gentleman from Gallup. Gallup has been a long-term partner of ours. Uh, Larry Eman, of course, Larry. runs the, the local office. Fantastic. He's all over the world. Uh, they've been a long-term partner, and we look for them to come back with a uh, update of their world poll this year. Okay, so he will be speaking again in Orange County? We're going to have uh, one of their representatives continually come in and okay. give us snippets of what, they are, what they're doing and what they're researching. Because he handed out the book from their chairman yeah. on uh, the coming job wars, which, I, which I've often quoted since I read that. What a, if you haven't read the book, uh, The Coming Job I highly recommend it. I don't remember the author's name right now, but I know he's the chairman of Gallup. And yeah, Jim, Jim Clifton. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, powerful it's content and really was I. It was kind of a roadmap for really, what businesses and enterprise and, and 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 governments need to do to create good jobs for their population. It, it really, yes, and you know he was way ahead of his time. Of course, it's extremely relevant now. That right. was written two years ago. You remember we talked about it right. again. That's the point. We brought the book out before ahead of the the trend here. Right. And while we're on that topic, just quickly, our last session was on CEO authors who have just written a book. Right. I went to that, and we'll repeat that December fifth in San Diego. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So I also know that you have a strategic alliance as you're growing your brand. You're finding more. People and companies that want to align with you. You've aligned with Vistage as a. Is that a national partner? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, what is the value of that partnership for you and for your members? That's a really great symbiotic uh, relationship we have with Vistage now. Uh, it's a great fit because they have the concentrated meetings for their members, and by the same token, we can offer their members this broader, expanded network of folks that we bring to the table. Because they're lifelong learners, right? Absolutely. Common common thread, right? Uh, people that go to the Vistage, who go to CEO peer groups, yeah. are seeking new ideas and fresh perspectives and that's what your organization brings absolutely rick um that that's really what they're they're looking it's peer-to-peer conversation and for all of our technology we're just talking about the new iphone for all the technology we have there's no substitute for getting down and sitting down face to face with somebody it's still the best okay we're talking with scott hamilton we're going to take our first commercial break and when we come back i have a whole list of questions here that our producers put together with scott that i definitely want to get to and we've only scratched the surface so please stay tuned ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back after these words Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at successionstrategies.com or call us at 714-560-5600. 
888-888-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com. Today's businesses are embracing voice over IP telephones and unified communication desktop technologies to more effectively communicate and collaborate with their customers, suppliers, and colleagues. The Reliatel management software from Tone Software Corporation helps organizations of all sizes manage their communications technologies to ensure great voice quality and better levels of service and reliability throughout their business. Through Reliatel, you'll gain higher return on investments from VoIP and unified communications technologies while lowering the associated operational support and maintenance costs. Learn more. Visit www.tonesoft.com or call 800-833-8663 for information on Reliatel by Tone Software, the solution for quality business communications. Hey, did you know that over 73% of consumer packaged goods and retail products fail miserably within their first year? Why? Because they find themselves in the pit of unawareness. You don't want to go there. Call me, and I'll make sure that your packaging gets noticed. You know how I know? Because I'm the founder and creative director of MBN Design. We're one of Orange County's most established and trusted design firms. With over 20 years of experience, I can ensure that your brand will always stay new. Ask me how our packaging sold millions in months, or see for yourself other success stories on our website at www.mbndesign.com. We're MBN because we're making brands new. Call 714-458-8701 and talk to me, Hector Garcia. That's my cell, 714-458-8701. I'll be waiting for your call. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and our guest for this segment is Scott Hamilton. He's president, CEO, founder of both Executive Next Practices Institute and NextWorks. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 episodes during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, hundreds of business websites where former guests have posted their show on their website, as well as other business-oriented services. All right, let, you know, during the break, we were talking about some of the other high-end brands that you've associated with through Executive Next Practice Institute. It's not just Vistage. Could you talk about a couple of the other ones? Yeah, you know, we've been fortunate, Rick, to uh, get some great alliances with organizations like the National Association of Corporate Directors. Their Southern California chapter, which extends over much of the West, has been a great partner of ours. In fact, we have a a very important joint event with NACD, Okay, October 24th in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. Right. We were there back in January, as you recall. This is going to be significant because we're going to talk about the evolution of boards, which is accelerating. Right. And we're going to talk about what it takes to be on a board and how to be a more effective board member. So that's in uh, Las Vegas. The other groups we're associating with are like the National Association of Corporate, uh, uh, National Association of uh, Human Resources Directors up in L.A., uh, Global Business News, which is an international conference uh, series. Mm. We're working with Octane to do a joint event with them as well, you know, that great organization here right. locally. Right. So we've been fortunate to have these kind of alignments. Next week, 
September 19th, Friday morning. This is the big one coming up at the Ford Design Center in Irvine Spectrum. That's our alliance event with Device Alliance, the Medical Device Alliance. That's all the heads of the medical device companies hmm. in Southern California. So it's going to be a very interesting well, You're a session. busy guy. I mean, this, how much of the time do you spend on the Institute versus on your next works practice? Well, you know, it gets very intense around uh, coming up before these events like next week. Right. Uh, so it, it is consuming. Uh, it's turned into something of a monster. But fortunately, we have a full-fledged staff that helps support E&P Institute. We have great public relations. We have a marketing firm. All the nice things that you have to have to right. make these things work. I know you're working with Beyond 15 as your public relations firm. Tremendous. An outstanding public, PR firm. Tremendous team. Yeah. yeah. So that's great. Um, did you expect when you started Executive Next Practice Institute, I know it was suggested by clients that there was a need for this in the market, but that you would have the ability to scale it nationally and now internationally? Did you expect that when you started it? Or did you think, well, I'll just do something here in Orange County to, in Southern California to help my clients? And I'd be interested in that, too. I mean, I mean, did you see that this could have this kind of appeal? You know, we had some indication of that when we worked with executive teams, how they responded to our technique of getting them involved and collaborating among themselves. Uh, but we had no idea it would be so explosive with the general public, with all across organizations. Right. When we got them in a room and it, get them to experience this kind of unique collaboration. So when we see that, the energy level just goes up exponentially mm-hmm. when we have them working in these sessions. Right. And and I, I attend, I am a member in the spirit of full disclosure, and I attend as frequently as I can. And what I find is there are some very familiar faces that I see on a regular basis, um, but I'm also meeting new faces as well. So it's an interesting blend of people who are coming all the time and people who are either just joining the organization or there for the first time. Yeah. Well, Rick, you know, it's a fact of life. We have several thousand people in this network. And you're right, you will see regular members who've been with us since seven years ago at every single meeting. But then you'll see the new people coming in and out. And that's just a reflective of the executive community based on their own time or passions around a particular topic. So I've got only a few minutes left with you, Scott Hamilton, President and CEO of Executive Next Practices Institute, as well as your own firm, NextWorks. I wanted to ask you, uh, of all the things that you've learned, and okay, but before I get there, I've got to ask you this question. Have you, did you realize how much you would personally learn from being in the room for every one of these Executive Next ENP events? Well, you know, that has really been a bonus uh, because I'm a lifelong learner as well. And this really just pushes me personally to get involved with all these different arenas. Right. Uh, and it's really exciting. We, we meet some very interesting people. Uh, I remember that author summit, there's some fantastic folks putting out some per, some terrific material that we would not have seen otherwise. Right. So, yes, personally, it's been a great benefit. Right. Well. So for those of you that are listening that are entrepreneurs and building a business, um, I think you can learn from Scott Hamilton and the work that he's done with the Next Practice Institute in how you can build something that delivers value in a standalone world, but also how it halos your brand yeah. and your personal brand, not just your your professional brand, but you as a as an executive here in this market. So, And now it provides a vehicle for you to go internationally. Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. if you do things right and well, who knows what the top is on your opportunity. So tell me about your guiding principle. Of all the things you've learned, Scott Hamilton, in business, what's your philosophy now for how you're taking NextWorks to the next level as well as scaling the Institute? The overall arching principle here is to move organizations and people beyond the status quo. That's the guiding principle. Uh, in fact, I just published today uh, on my own personal blog an article about then what we call the next pivot, how you can get your organization to pivot beyond traditions, but to pivot beyond legacy policies and behaviors, pivot beyond standard 
kind of operating procedures right. and really respond to this uh, market that we're in. Uh, I'm continually asked, when is this market going to settle down? When, when is the economy going <laughs> to yeah, settle right. down? We both know yeah. it's never going to happen. Right. In fact, it's just going to accelerate. So we need to be adaptable. We need to be flexible. We mm-hmm. need to be fast on our feet. And that's what next practice is all about. It's about looking at, the guiding principle is, look at the optimal way of doing something. Not how you're doing it today. Look at the optimal way. Then look at the delta between which, how you're doing it today and that optimal way. Right. See how you can make some breakthroughs. Right. So one of the key things is most people don't understand is that you don't have to have this massive disruption. You don't have to be the next uh, Netflix. But if you can make some incremental changes that are true breakthroughs, right. the culmination will take you past anybody else in the marketplace. Right, and the work that I, that you're doing um, with both of your inst- organizations is helping to give people kind of a periscope where they can look what's going on around them and see how they might be able to adapt or adopt ideas from other places into their business, which may be revolutionary in your business, but may be just something that another industry has already adopted, Right an early trend in another place. I think that's really powerful about the way you're exposing people to ideas and trends that they normally wouldn't see in their industry and in their world. This is, you hit on it, nail on it, this is so important for people to have a peripheral vision in the marketplace. Look what Jim Gennard is doing with Red Digital. Uh, He is not a, a, uh, he did not grow up in the movie industry, but look what he's doing in transforming the movie industry with Red Digital. So it's those kind of adjacent players or people coming from, out of your left field mm-hmm. that you have to watch out for, but also some opportunities that are coming. Right, because that that's breakthrough thinking. If you can take what they're doing and be the first in your industry to do it, all of a sudden you're you're the thought leader in your space, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So um, let's talk about Next, Next Works. I You mentioned it as a business alignment strategy firm. T- tell me a little bit about the kind of work you do as a professional in this space. Yeah, uh, Next Works, again, it evolved out of some of the work we were doing with Align, uh, which was uh, – with a line, we were doing some unique things that still do, what we call interact, interactive business mapping, where we would literally create a visual of your business on one, one page hmm. that was so clear that from a board member to the loading dock, everyone is clear about what your business model is all about, what your value proposition is, and how you get it done. That's that, no small task. That, it, that right? is That's hard. The most difficult task is taking something complex down to something simplistic. Right. So out of that... Uh, that evolved into what we now call NextWorks. And NextWorks offers a series of services where we take executive teams, we take companies off-site, and take them through an intensive session to re-examine their value proposition, what they're doing with their strategy, and, more importantly, how they can be more adaptable as they execute that strategy. Hmm. So along with that, we still use the visual mapping uh, tools. We use a technique called uh, the 100-day plan, which is uh, forces you to get into momentum right. in 100-day segments. Uh, and we use a variety of other uh, value realization tools as a part of this. Fantastic. So do you do that nationally? Do you do that regionally? How does NextWorks operate as an organization? Uh, it operates with – we have practice leaders that are part of this. Okay. They have their own expertise. We do operate internationally. Oh, internationally. We work with international companies. We work in a lot of different uh, industry sectors, restaurant businesses, uh, engineering, construction, printing businesses, a, a wide variety of It sounds like these types. tools work in any industry. They, absolutely. Okay. The, the one key thing, though, uh, and this is where we take some learnings from next practices, no company 
is alike, exactly alike. So we look at a lot of customization with these kind of tools to make sure they are lining up to that business model and how it will most affect that the execution of that business model. So, again, we're very, very sensitive to what that company needs. Right. Isn't this so much more fun than being in the corporate world? Well, uh, it is. <laughs> you, look at you get a chance to invent yourself, your businesses. I mean, I, too, share your corporate background. And uh, and while that was, I enjoyed it and it was, it was success, I was successful at it, for me, being able to be an entrepreneur and building businesses like this is far more fun. Yeah, it is. And, you know, one of the things that, because I was in the corporate world so long, is I'm very uh, also appreciative of the tough job. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, I'm not saying it was easy. So, uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm, when we're working with corporate clients, you know, it, it's their game. And I tell you, we're there, anything we can do to support them. But most important, we're known for building internal capability. We don't fly in a group of consultants that sits in the conference room. We really want to build the internal capability of that organization. That's what has to happen if it's going to have lasting change. And whatever you introduce is, is, is expected to become the new normal. You Absolutely. To, the people inside the organization have to own it. Yeah, they do. And I, just a quick example, you know, sure. I mentioned those visual maps. If you go about three blocks that way, there's a private company, $3 billion private company. In the boardroom, there's one of our maps. Oh, wow. We created that 10 years ago, and wow. they still use it to orient customers and stakeholders and channel partners. So is that a typical size company that you work with, something with a B in their revenue size? Yeah, not quite that big. Typically, it'll be $50 million and above, okay. again, where they're really starting to feel the pain of growth and the pain of how to execute in these tough markets. Great. We're talking with Scott Hamilton. So, Scott, if someone wanted to learn more about Executive Next Practices Institute or Next Works, how do they find you online? Uh, online. Uh, the institute is enpinstitute.com. Or, as I mentioned, just go to Google and Google Executive right. Next Practices. It shows up everywhere. Uh, Next Works, uh, same thing. Just go to enpinstitute.com. It's all combined. You'll see it all there on the website. The phone number is sure. uh, 888-857-9722. Scott Hamilton, thanks for being a friend of the program. Thanks for delivering great content that's memorable and worth the time to attend. I really can't say enough good things about what you're doing in the market, and I'm glad you're scaling it internationally. I'm glad you're able to do this on a larger platform as well. Well, Rick, thanks so much. And, again, congratulations on all your success. I look forward to seeing you next week on yes. the 19th at yes. the Healthcare Summit. All right. Thank you. Thanks again. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our commercial break here. We'll be right back with Steve Kinney, who is president and C- president of Search Optimizers, after these words from our commercial sponsors. what it would feel like to lose everything your job your home your family your dignity this has happened to thousands of the men women veterans and young adults we serve at working wardrobes what do we do to help we provide career development services life skills workshops job skills training we provide the perfect interview outfit and we get clients placed in jobs call working wardrobes 714-210-2460 donate volunteer invest hire if you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. 
These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. SNH Rubber is a manufacturing company in Fullerton, California. We specialize in custom molded, extruded, and stamped rubber parts. If your next job requires a rubber part, we would appreciate the opportunity to quote on it. We serve aerospace, automotive, and many other industries. We work with many types of rubber, including silicone, EPDM, neoprene, uninitrile, and viton. Our quality system is ISO and AS9100 approved. Over our 47 years in business, the SNH brand has become known for superior quality, quick turnaround, and competitive pricing. Please check out our website at www.shrubber.com or call 714-525-0277. Let SNH be your ceiling solution. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Frenzy. Our second guest is now in the studio, all ready to go. Steve Kinney, president of Search Optimizers, is here to talk with us, and we'll be with him in just a minute. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show is the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program and with our exclusive prospect engagement program program, we deliver up to 23 warm prospects to each of our advertisers each year. If you'd like to learn more about this unique program, contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. That's 951-515-4661. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rick. It's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Let's talk a little bit about you and your background that sort of predate what you're currently doing. What's your professional background, Steve? Yeah, I started out as a software engineer, and then I moved into being a workflow consultant, mainly for Fortune 100 companies. And I decided in doing that work that I love everything about Fortune 100 companies, except for the way they treat their employees, their customers, and their vendors. Other than that, I love them. <laughs> so, but I'm bummed. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Right. So, so my passion is really to help small and really good small and medium-sized companies compete against them. Okay. So that's our audience, or what we term as lower middle market. Two to a hundred million dollars in revenue. Are those the kind of companies that your firm helps? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Our sweet spot is between fifty and uh, five and fifty million. Okay. Although we have uh, companies up a little bit north of a hundred million and down to even below a million. Okay. So what is it that you do for them? Tell me what Search Optimizers does and what makes you different. Yeah. So really, search engine optimization is core is a, a form of lead generation uh, is, is the most important thing it does. It's a scalable form of lead generation. Most companies, they struggle to find a, a scalable way to, to drive new people to them. People that woke up this morning and didn't know about them discovered them and their products and services. And that's what we do through getting ranked high in the organic results of the search engines. Okay, you use some terms that I'd like you to maybe help our audience to get comfortable with. They may already be comfortable with it, but bear with me if you are. But for those of you that aren't, 
you talk about organic. W- w- what are you talking about here as, as far as being found f- through organic searches? Great question. When you do a search in the search engines, you, you type in a phrase and you hit the search button. What comes back is the search engine result page, and there's really two parts to it. There, at the most general sense, it's the sponsored links, and those are the links that you pay Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and the other search engines to get in. Then there's the results. When you say you, the company that's presented. Exactly. Okay, not you, the searcher, but the person. No. Okay. Exactly. All right. Then there's the results that come back totally algorithmically based on the search engine secret formula of who gets ranked number one, who gets ranked number two, and who gets ranked number 1.5 million. Right. And I, 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 here's what I think I know. If you're not on the first page for most searches, you don't exist. Yeah. it's. I mean, it can sometimes go beyond the, the first page if contextually there's a lot of different contexts of what people are okay. uh, what those results mean meaning if the first bunch of people don't relate to your products and service it's a different context for that phrase they might go deeper but for the most part you want to be in the first page and ideally in the first three spots so have we been conditioned as as people who search for information that if we're looking for something google or whoever you use should be able to find the best ones and present them to you on the first page absolutely we give a tremendous amount of credibility to whoever's that number one spot it's kind of like the difference between advertising and pr we don't trust advertising yeah. as much as pr if, if if time magazine has an ad for the new ford car that's not as powerful as if they're writing an article if car and it. driver does a first look exactly right exactly. written by a writer that you've maybe read some of her work before and you know that she knows what she's talking about so you your position is and your firm can actually help middle market lower middle market firms be consistently positioned on page one at the top of page one against larger competitors who maybe have a more well-funded program or at least more people doing the work Absolutely. And, and the reason for that is because I brought the experience from being a process consultant for Fortune 100 companies into our service. We actually offer what I call a high-end search engine optimization service at a price that smaller companies can afford. The vast majority of the SEO services out there are what we call search engine friendly. They don't they don't have that much value, to be honest with you. High-end search engine optimization, there's a rigor, there's a methodology, and it, and it tends to be expensive to do. But because we boiled that process down over 17 years that we've been doing this, we're able to allow small companies to really compete in many cases. Inside your own firm, how much are you having to stay current with whatever secret changes are being made to the algorithms and all that you know we hear so much and i think if there's ever been a, if there's snake oil in technology it feels like this area is right for that because it's so confusing and people so desperately want the benefit that they might misguidedly spend money with people who aren't really going to get them where they need to go as evidenced by people willing to pay to get that placement i mean how desperate are they in, in my opinion right exactly you know it's a double-edged sword getting ranked high in the organic results for really valuable keyword phrases has tremendous value but because of that i would i would say between 93 95 percent of all the offerings out there just aren't worth the money that you pay for them wow. so to get to those that are you really have to measure results not activity but accomplishment right and how much do you and your team have to keep current on whether i'm admittedly google is the dominant search engine right two-thirds yeah two-thirds, two-thirds now yeah. oh, but you still have bing 
right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I you got to pay attention to yeah, right. Yahoo. Attention I Yahoo mean, there's thing. there's other yep. engines that people might use, and I I can't speak to outside the U.S. and what might mm-hmm. be the engines that they use. But there's not a monolith yet, although there's a dominant player. And how much are you having to watch how they change their sophistication to make sure that the tools and things that you're doing for your clients are still working? Constantly, constantly. constantly. <laughs> I mean, lucky you. We have in our DNA we have kaizen, right? Right. It's, it's continuous improvement. Right. We have to be looking not just what's published out there, but what are, what's happening to the results. When we wake up one morning and we're looking across over 120 companies times 50 to 100 phrases that we've got them ranked high for, when we see those results start to change, we need to go figure out why that change occurred and what do we need to do differently to get just a little bit of advantage over our competitors. So, so do they? Do the search engine companies make it easy for you? for you guys to figure out what their changes are and what you need to do? Or is it more of a sleuthing effort where you have to kind of piece it together based on artifacts and results? You know, it's a yes and no answer. Uh, they, they really publish what their what their uh, the spirit of what they're trying to do is. And okay. they're, they're constantly doing that, and they've got advocates out there. But you really, from within that, because you want to stay in alignment with what they're doing. If you're in alignment with the purpose, as the algorithms change in general, you're going to do better. But there's always what's called into unintended consequences of any algorithm change. Sure. And we're always trying to identify, okay, why did this happen? Why did you know the new algorithm change and maybe 85% of the phrases that we're targeting for companies did better, but why did that 15% get worse? What was the unintended consequence, and how can we account for that? Okay, so I'm talking with Steve Kinney. He's president of Search Optimizers. So I only have about two minutes until the next break. But I'm wondering if you could – I have heard and read that video is becoming very important to search engine rankings, as is rich media like audio, the – the stuff that we're doing here in podcast forms. So, but from from an insider's perspective, is that true? And talk to the owners and CEOs of middle market companies. What does that really mean to them? Yeah, it's a great question. It all depends on what you're doing. Um, you don't want to be the last one to do it. You don't even want to be in the middle of the road. You want to be one of the leaders. But if the audience that you're targeting, if that's not how they want to be communicated with, yeah, that's not necessarily the place to start. But I'll tell you, more and more people are turning. Like I have my smartphone, and I listen to podcasts like yours Thank you. all the time. Right. And so if that's the case where your target audience is doing that, boy, you want to be out there. You want to be out front with that. And, and so it is important if it's if it's relevant to your user community, then the search engines are smart enough to say, then you better have that form of content on your website? Exactly. It's like they have that saying, if a tree falls in a forest and no one's there to hear it, does it, does it make a sound? Right. Well, the same thing. If, there, if you have something to say and nobody's listening, it's not going to affect the search engines either. But if they are, you want to be out on the forefront. You want to, to, to build that base, that, that engagement with your users like you're doing. Super powerful. Well, we're getting a lot of content out of this young man here, Steve Kinney. He's sharing a lot of great ideas and Uh, I'm looking forward to having the conversation that we're going to have in just a few minutes. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back here on Critical Mass Radio Show with our guest, Steve Kinney, president of Search Optimizers, after these words from our commercial sponsors. There's something positive about the word up. When things are looking good, they're looking up. When someone's down, you cheer them up. So how do you move up? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up. Brandman University. Brandman is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top 10 universities for online bachelor's programs. Brandman's online graduate programs in business and education also receive top honors. So look us up at brandman.edu. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. 
as one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals. Under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Steve Kinney, president of Search Optimizers, is our guest in the studio. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 16,000 shows during the last 30 days, and we here at the program appreciate your continued and your growing support. All of our shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, Hundreds of past radio show guests who have put the archives on their platform, on their website, as well as various business, other business-oriented podcasting services. Steve, let's talk about kind of the ways middle market companies can use SEO to help grow their businesses. So can you give us some, based on your experience, ideas that these CEOs that are in our listening audience can learn from? Yeah. The first thing you want to do is you just want to analyze where you stand, right? A lot of companies think there's five or eight or ten phrases that are really important. And to be to be honest, it's oftentimes hundreds or even thousands of phrases oh, that people are God. searching on every day that relate to their products and services. So you really want to look a lot broader than just that maybe five or ten. Okay. And you want to look at phrases that have decent search counts that you think are good buying phrases. And then you want to analyze your competitors. You want to see where they are in that. And that gives you a sense of where that niche is. And that all can be done. Absolutely. There are tools and technologies at your disposal that you can do that for your clients. Absolutely. Okay. So so that, that, that... Because... That's the beginning of understanding what you're going to do as a plan, right? Yeah, gotta, where are you today? Right. And then where do you want to be tomorrow? And that data, when you look at that analysis, it's going to give you some ideas. You're going to look at this and go, oh, my gosh, this competitor here, we have a, a superior product or service, and they're beating us in the search engines. We need to be ahead of them. Do you find that middle market CEOs and their teams are very aware of the type of search phrases that are used to find them or to find similar products? Or is that a learning moment for them when you come back with the data? It's a learning moment. We're really expanding their, their, their idea of what it is. Usually they all have five to ten that they go, yeah, yeah, these are it. But, boy, when we do that analysis, we'll spend about 20, 30 minutes, really understand their products and services, who the ideal prospect is. We'll get in the head of that prospect. You don't describe your product or service the way you would. You describe it the way your prospect would, and okay. then you describe the problem that you're solving for your, for your, for your company, for your, for your customers. That gives us some idea where to start. We go do research. We'll come back with 50 to 200 phrases with search counts, where they're ranked, where their competitors are ranked. 
that usually, when they look at that data, they get a lot of ahas. Okay. And then they say, okay, now I'm going to have to pick the ones that I want to put the wood behind the arrowhead, right? Well, it's it's a collaborative effort. Okay. They can say, these are the ones that I want, but when we do an analysis of where they stand with the search engines today, where their credibility, what we call their search engine credibility is today, they might not have the credibility to target exactly what they want today. We need to start with a place that they can with the credibility that they have. So we're, it's going to be a, a process where we work together. We help, they, they can tell us which ones are buying phrases, we can tell them which ones are ones that they can target today with the credibility that they have, and then we can do what it takes to start to get those ranked high. When we get those ranked high, that will drive traffic, it will drive engagement, it will increase their search engine credibility, then we can target a few more phrases and a few more and eventually better phrases. That's a strategy that works. Okay, so I was I was perfect on everything you said, except I need a, a refresher on credibility. Yeah. What is that? Search engine credibility. The way I describe it is if we just registered a brand new domain name today, first time anyone ever had that, we put a website up and we gave the search engines time to index it, on a scale of 0 to 100, it would have a credibility of 0. Wikipedia.com would have, for instance, a search engine credibility of 100. If we took the exact same homepage for uh, our new page, our new site, and put it on Wikipedia.com, gave the search engines time to index both, Wikipedia would get ranked higher for things on that because they have a tremendous amount of search engine credibility. Okay. Is that something that can only be built with time? Uh, yes, okay. exactly. So it's like personal. Well, it's time cre- and effort. So it's I like mean, personal credibility. Well, it, it's, it takes time, but it also takes you doing the right things. Right. right. If you just expect over time you're going to get personal credibility, but you're not out there earning it, okay. you're not going to get so it. So is that a part of how you help middle market companies then as you look at their credibility and you have both a strategy for search engine optimization, but also it, in combination with that, a way to keep improving their credibility? Yeah, we're a turnkey service. So okay. we work with them to develop the strategy. It's a collaborative effort because they know their prospects and their customers better than we do. But we know what kinds of things they can target today and the strategic approach to get there over time. Once we decide on a strategy, we implement it. We're turnkey. They don't have to worry about oh, okay. it. They, will, they look at our results month over month, and then they make the decision to stay with us or not based on those results. Okay, so let's go back up the decision tree. <clears throat> Are there companies that you engage with who have used a pay-per-click or some type of inorganic Mm -hmm. uh, way who choose to want to either continue that or augment that or use that in the meantime until their organic searches come up? I mean, how does that work? How does pay-per-click in an inorganic way come into play with your clients? Yeah, great, great question. Google makes over a billion dollars a week selling those sponsored <laughs> links. So Hallelujah. it must work, right? Yeah, that right. much money is being spent, it must work. So I don't never say not to do it. What I always say is if you can spend a dollar and get two or three in return, you're going to do it. But with pay-per-click, what's happening over time is it's getting more costly to get that click-through. The value of a click-through didn't increase. The cost of it did. So there's a point of diminishing returns. What you want to do is, is a perfect balanced approach is to get what you can on the pay-per-click side, but then always to be going after organic and getting more and more and better phrases over time. You put those two together, you've got an integrated approach. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'm talking with Steve Kinney, he's president of the Search Optimizers, but it's my understanding, tell me if I'm right or wrong, that uh, pay-per-click stops being valuable when you stop paying for the clicks. There's no residual value to your website to the fact that you might have done it for three or four years and ranked and been on the first page and all that stuff. It kind of it's like term life insurance. If you don't use it during the term, it's gone. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's a really good point because okay. that's where search engine optimization has a momentum to it. So the efforts that we're doing this year 
we'll, we'll multiply what we can get next year. So our customers that are they're still paying the same amount this year that started with us three years ago, but they're getting a much higher return each year over the over the best. So there's a over the last. So there's a momentum that happens. It's really powerful. And you're right. When you turn off pay per click, you're done. Do people get frustrated with you because this can be a little complex? Well, our job is to demystify it, to make it not so complex. Their okay. job is really to help us with a strategy, and we have a process to do that. Our job is then to get those results and to show them the results. When we do what we say we can do, we've made their job easy. And when you look at them and you say, okay, you need to improve the credibility of your website and here are some ideas, do they have, okay, so I'd, yeah, I think you need to have some videos around this content or an audio file here or a white paper or some other things. Do they then have to go off and do that work? Because you're making the recommendation? Yeah. Let me unpack that just a little bit. Okay. I, I love the saying that in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? So what we do is, is we help them look against their competitors, right? Okay. And if they've got, I'll say, a, a lower-end website, but it's better than their competitors, we're all good and we can work with that. On the other hand, if their competitors are up front of them, we just show them side by side. Look at what your competitors are doing. We need to be at least where they're at or better. And pretty quickly they go, okay, I get it. Is any of that come to do with the layout of the design of the site, or is it more intangible or less obvious factors of the website that you're looking at optimizing to help them in search results? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It, really, it comes down to engagement. Which site's going to engage more? If okay. you have a site that just looks like a brochure, your analytics are going to tell you they come and they don't do too much. If you see another site, it's very engaging. It's got video. It's got you know you know things calls to, to action and it's engaging people and it's involving them and it's helping them solve problems right there. It, it, the engagement's going to go up. So uh, the idea is is you just want to do as much as you can to engage your audience. That will increase your search engine credibility and that will help us get more rankings. So in your experience, I'm talking with Steve Kenny, president of Search Optimizers. Are there a set of best practices then for most? Of your, of your clients that you can help them with, or are they kind of unique to the brand and the firm and the industry and the rest of that stuff? I mean, in other words, can you look at a website and go, okay, well, I, I've seen this play before, and I kind of know what we need to do to get you off the dime? There are definitely patterns. <laughs> there are definitely patterns, but you really want to look at it in the context of who they're competing with. So it's not like I can say, you know, I used to say in search engine optimization, I could write 15 things on the board, tactics, back 15 years ago, and if you just kept doing those things more and more, you'd actually get some pretty good results. It's gotten so competitive, you can't just say, here's the 15 things you do before. It's very context-based. It's what people around you are doing. You need to be as good, but just a little bit better. If you're too far afield from what everyone else is doing, the search engines don't like that either. Wow. So there isn't just an automatic formula. It's more of a strategy than a tactical approach. Oh, this is really then <clears throat> very subjective. In, as far as how, where you are relative to your direct competitors and your client. I mean, it's in one size does not fit all. Your job continues. The role that you must play for your clients continues to get more and more valuable because it, it seems to be harder to get the desired results that you want. You can't trick the systems anymore. It's much more sophisticated. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. It's a good balance between left brain and right brain, right? The ideal employee that I hire has, you know, one, one lady that I hired recently had an economics degree, very left brain, and she had a dual major of journalism, uh, very right brain. You need both sides of it. The formulas, the, the algorithms are, are very objective. I mean, they're just cut and dry, but how you figure out what they're doing, you really need to be creative to kind of uncover what works. So it's, it's a balance. Is it your experience then, Steve Kinney, that by a middle market firm working with a firm such as Search, search Optimizers or another high-end value-laden uh, supplier, that they can actually create a position of, of, of first-page performance and over time maintain that? 
Absolutely. It is a battle. I mean, it's, it's the first battle is is how to get those first page right. rankings because you're right. fighting against everybody right. else that's fighting right. for it. Right. But you can't just stop there. Okay, you've got to keep fighting because they're going to attack back. When you take someone out of the number one spot, forty-two percent of the people click through on the number one spot, but only sixteen point eight percent click on the number two spot. Holy when you take cow. them from one to two, they're going to know and they're going to fight back. So oh. it's just a battle. It's a battle to get it and then to keep it. Well, wow, this is this is a war. It is. It is a war behind the scenes. It's all pretty and nice, but you really okay. So if someone wanted to learn more about you and your firm. How do they find you online? Uh, you can find us at searchoptimizers.com. That's S-E-A-R-C-H-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S, searchoptimizers.com. And if I put in a Google search around firms that help me with search SEO optimization, would you come up on the first page? It yeah. must be super competitive for people in your industry then because you guys all know the tricks and everything. Yeah, this is almost a topic for another discussion. There's black hat and white hat. And if you want to invite me back, I can I would. unpack that one for you. I do, you. I do. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah. I just we, we can go a whole other way here. I mean, because I think you really helped me to, and hopefully the audience, to begin to take the logic through the decision tree on what needs to be done in this area. Because as I said earlier, um, I I feel there's a lot of misinformation and maybe vendors who are not um, seeing the world the way you and your other worthy competitors see the world and probably confuse a lot of entrepreneurs and middle market CEOs about what needs to be done. And one thing, I can, if I could add, that I teach a class for UCI Extension Services on this. 700 bucks, and in, in about six weeks, you're going to learn a lot about this. And really? if you want to take that class, that's a, is a it cheap an, way to get is it. Is it a speed. night class? It's a night class, yeah. And how do we find out information about that? So if you uh, Google UCI um, Extension Services, and it's a search engine marketing class, and Google my name. I'm on the advisory committee for the Internet Marketing Program, and I teach that class. So that's like a cheap way to get to to have you as a consultant. Yep, exactly. So, really you is. said seven hundred bucks. Seven hundred. Holy bucks. hell! I think. Sorry, I'm not going to swear, but I mean, I, I think I'm going to have to sign up for that class. Uh, that sounds like well worth the time and money. All right. Well. Thanks for being a friend of the program. I'm going to talk to Crystal Nunley, our producer, about having you back on. I think we just uh, have started the understanding of what middle market companies need to do to get their companies properly positioned based on how valuable they are for their clients. Great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that, unfortunately, is going to wrap up the show for today. I hope you've enjoyed both of our guests. Uh, I think we delivered a lot of content. Hopefully, you've gotten some notes and some things to do, and maybe you'll contact our guests to learn more. The show is brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, MBN Design, Smart Business Magazine, S&H Rubber, Succession Strategies, Tone Software, and UPS protection i'd like to thank the entire team that worked so hard to make the critical mass radio show series work work so well if you'd like to learn more about critical mass for business or maybe you want to refer a guest or advertise on our radio shows visit critical mass for for business.com until our next show i hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction you have been listening to critical mass radio show business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 